Hello, I'm James Erskine, the presenter of the Rocket Fuel podcast, and each week we speak to somebody from youth culture or youth marketing to find out if you like what makes them as individuals tick, what makes their business or their brand tick, and also to get some actionable insights, some what we call rocket fuel. Now, if I were to say social media to you, what would be the first social network you'd think of? Now the second, go on. Now the third, I bet no one's thought of Pinterest, but actually, on the quiet, Pinterest is having a pretty good time of it. The site was created by Ben Silberman, Paul Shiara, and Evan Sharp. And as of last year, it had 300 million monthly active users. It's based in San Francisco. We were lucky enough to speak to the Director of Marketing for Europe, Louise Richardson. We cover Louise's story. She's ex-media agency. She spent some time at Snap. I kind of know her. She's good friends, very good friends with a friend of mine. So forgive us if we kind of drift into a redundant intimacy. But for the most part, we don't. We find out what makes Louise tick. We discuss Pinterest and how it's kind of different to other social networks. And then finally, we ask Louise Richardson, Director of Marketing Europe at Pinterest, for her rocket fuel. So the first thing to say is Lou Richardson, Director of Marketing for Europe at Pinterest. Thank you so much for being this week's guest on Rocket Fuel. Thank you, James. It's an absolute honour to be here. So Lou, in full disclosure, we kind of know each other. We have mutual friends in common. So if this somehow sounds a bit over familiar to the listener, that is the reason why. But tell us about your journey. How have you got to where you are now at Pinterest? Well, I don't think it's a very linear journey, but um, yeah, it's been it's been quite a ride over the last twenty years. Um, so I started off in um, in business information, actually, in um, uh, helping um, agencies win new business for their clients. So um, really, uh, kind of quite a, a, a kind of innovation focused business. Um, it was it was a tiny little company that I started off in, and I think that gave me a lot of appreciation for the entrepreneur for the the startup etc so that's kind of where what I've always um, been interested in across my whole career spent gosh uh, nine years at Mindshare um, running new business there um, uh, eventually um, being responsible for our marketing and also for our future of media program so looking working with new partners again that kind of innovation strand running through that um, then spent um, four five years at, at Snapchat. Um, did that thing of um, having Snapchat on my phone, but then actually starting to use it as a grown up was quite a challenge. <laughs> um, and then um, at the end of last year, um, the, the the Pinterest um, opportunity came up, and um, and it, it was it was a bolt from the blue of of this is so perfect for me. Um, this is an app that I love. Um, I am a, 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 a furious pinner. Um, my house is a kind of comedy shrine to uh, things that I found on Pinterest. Um, and my children have basically been raised by Pinterest. So, um, so it's really perfect. And I think that one of the things that I've always wanted throughout my career, there's a kind of strand that runs through it, is one, the education side of things, uh, the innovation side of things, sorry. Um, but also just 
the desire to really believe in something. So um, I don't think I'm one of those marketers that could kind of flog anything. <laughs> I think that really for me, what I want is to really, really, really care about the products, care about the brand. Um, and, and looking for brands that have real truth um, at the heart of what they do. And I've, I've really found that with Pinterest. Um, so, yeah, I mean, incredibly lucky, you know, idiot 21 year old rocking up in London with no clue of what to do. And and, you know, uh, where I am now, I can't quite believe it. So throughout your career, have you had a mentor, whether formally or informally? And have you mentored anybody else? Um, so I don't have a, a particular named mentor. What I've always found um, really helpful is having a network of people that I will depend on according to my the, the, the kind of gaps in my own knowledge or my own experience, or in fact, most importantly, I think my own confidence. Mm. Um, so for example, the, the person that I might turn to when I've got my biggest imposter syndrome feelings would be someone like Claire Velotti, who is a complete badass who I've worked with across no, numerous different companies. Um, and she's always the one that will kind of pick me up and say, don't be an idiot, go, go, go and get it, Lou. Um, I think also I come from a, a very different background to a lot of people that I worked with um, especially in the agency land and so I have people that I kind of depend on for um, sort of sense checking my own experience against other kinds of experiences as well. One of the things that I really love um, is a program that I was introduced to at my old place which was about reverse mentoring. Okay. So I um, worked with an incredibly talented um, young woman called Cecily Ponsford, I'm going to give her a shout out here, who is right at the beginning of her career and she is my reverse mentor. So I depend on her to, to sense check my old age, um, <laughs> to, to keep me up to date. And just to really, um, I find it such a delightful way to kind of maintain your enthusiasm, maintain your passion about, about the new and um, about the future. Um, and then I think that as a mentor myself, you know, I wouldn't be anywhere if I hadn't met some amazing people that supported me along the way. And I think it's really important. So I think that um, me being able to kind of give back in that way is, it, yeah, it's one of the kind of um, the, the pleasures of having success in our industry is being able to pass that on to a new generation. So go on, give a further shout out. How does one get a reverse mentor who does this scheme? It sounds amazing. It's just something that, that we, um, that it, there's, there's lots of stuff online about it. So it's just something that I heard about. I think I must have read it in a business um, thing and it really made sense. Um, mm. Especially yeah. if, if like us, you know, James, you're in the same situation. We are, we are purporting to be people that are looking for the next generation of consumers and yeah. uh, want to understand how, how Gen Z works. And, you know, on a personal level, I couldn't be further away from Gen Z. You know, I'm not even a millennial, for God's sake. So yeah. um, I think that having someone that is actually part of that generation, part of that culture, um, uh, who, can, who can, you know, tone check things that you might want to talk about, who can, who can just, um, you know, the, 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 the youth, um, I find really inspiring. I think I'm, I'm definitely not one of those people that kind of bemoans the youth of today. I find Gen Z in particularly an incredibly inspiring generation. Um, and, and so I, I really, really recommend for go out and adopt a Gen Z, -er, as you, I think, yeah. um, as we call them. So, um, it, it really has been helpful over the last few years to have, to be tapped into to that mindset. 
how big's the team at Pinterest? How big was the team at Snap? What are you like as a manager? How do you like to be managed? Bring that to life for us, Lou. Wow. Um, so Pinterest is, is really growing, um, especially in Europe. So um, we are really, for, I mean, the, the very um, existence of my role um, to link up marketing across our European markets is really important. Um, I've recruited um, a, a lovely um, team um, over the last few months. Obviously, lockdown recruitment, lockdown onboarding is really hard, but I've got some brilliant people on the team. Um, and Europe is, you know, the user growth that we're seeing in Europe, the user growth that we're seeing globally, obviously, our engagement figures have shot up um, in the last few months and, are, and we're ma maintaining those. Um, so, um, yeah, it's growing. And I think it, it, it's, it's really, really exciting to be at this stage of a company's growth. It was the same at Snap to take something that is, a great product and then really kind of motor on to the next stage to to secure that um, growth on the pinner side of things to secure that growth on the advertiser side of things it's a really really exciting time um as a manager i mean that's kind of you need to have my team on next week to talk about that and and let them say what, what they think but well, go on then how do you like to be managed what are the good qualities you think you've you've inherited from your good managers over the years i think um it's a bit of a cliche now i think but i i do think that authenticity is the most important thing and um, i i don't want to have um I, uh, the, the people that I really, really admired and the managers that I have had who I have really been inspired by have been incredibly authentic people who bring their real selves to work. And I think that that's really important. I think that I'm not, um, uh, that that's, that's really where I want to be. I think, especially at this point, you know, everybody's teams are struggling whether you're in a flat on your own, if you're with kids, if you're, um, in the city or stuck at your parents house or wherever you happen to be in lockdown i think that it's really important to be authentic with the teams at the moment and make sure that they that they can see that it's hard for you that they can see that um, that all of the things that they're feeling are are legitimate things about work so i think it's a really interesting time actually to to reframe how we think about work to reframe how we think about management um but yeah i think i think that the people that i've always admired have definitely been people that bring their real selves um to the office and and um and i think that makes you a much more powerful and much more inspirational leader professionally what are you known for would you say oh that's a good one. um i think well, I'd, li I'd like to think, um, I'd like to think unbridled enthusiasm, if I'm All honest. Right. That's <laughs> I think that um, my, um, I'm, a, I'm a person that, that likes to get excited about stuff. <laughs> like I'm a person that, that likes to, uh, I've talked about innovation already, you know, I, I love the new, I love I love a certain element of, of risk. I love trying something that nobody has ever tried before. So I like to think that that would be it, that, that with me, you know that you're going to get somebody that's going to put their all into um, whatever project we might be working on. I, I like to think that I'm quite collaborative as well. I, I think that um, as a marketer, one of the most important things is to, to to bring everybody else in the business on the journey with you. Um, and I think that um, I think that that's probably 
one of the things that's probably come up the most over over my career is just um being the person that says come on let's do it you're like we might not have done it before but let's have a go um and i think yeah so i think i think that's what i'd like to think um people people would know me in the industry for <laughs> and is there a commonality of behavioral traits in the people that you look around you in your team is everybody does everybody have to have that sense of enthusiasm are there other behavior things that you insist on with those that you work for or is it is it a combination do you look for different things from different people yeah definitely i mean um i mentioned this before but i i i found in my early days in in marketing that i did come from a, a slightly different i mean back in those days it was a a very kind of um, monoculture, I would say, in, mm. in agency lands back in the in the olden days, um, and I found that as as somebody who was quite different from some of the people that we were um, that that were in my businesses that I was working in, that I that diversity and not like capital D diversity, but just diversity of personality, diversity of experience is really, really, really important to me. So mm. I think that yes, definitely there is a. a I, I want optimists on my team. I want people who are who are really, really up for a challenge. I want people who have an element of of stubbornness, maybe, or tenacity, to to, to say it in a nicer way. Um, but actually, I I don't want a team of carbon cutouts of just like you know people that are exactly the, exactly the same. I just don't think that that um, if you bring diversity of experience, diversity of voice. Um, to any project, it will be a better project. Um, and so I think the only common thread really that I'd be looking for is that sense of, yeah, let's do this. And that could be a quiet optimism or a, a raging um, optimism. But I think that's probably the common thing that, that, that it, with all the brilliant people that I work with. I love the distinction between a quiet optimism and a raging optimism. <laughs> right now listening is putting themselves into one or two or neither of those categories. So that's quite exciting. <laughs> um, let's, let's finish off this section with a couple of questions. One, are you any good at switching off? Um, I'm actually weirdly starting to get a bit better during lockdown at, at switching off, which right. um, I think that, um, no, I'm not. Uh, is, is probably the, the the good answer, and um, just because I love what I do, I absolutely love what I do. So whilst I might not necessarily be tapping away at the laptop, there, there's always ideas in the back of my head. There's always things of like, oh, I wonder if we could do this. I think one of the things I struggle with the most is is um, and have done across my entire career is is prioritization because I just want to do lots of stuff. I think that and um, that's that's very much my personality um outside of work as well um so i do find it difficult to switch off i think lockdown has helped um because i think because of just sheer exhaustion that actually a, a day full of zooms is is takes a toll on us that that i don't think anybody could have really predicted before we came into this this new way of working and so i'm much much better of uh, at, at moving away from the screen well, realistically, moving away from this screen to another screen, the Netflix <laughs> yeah, or the Disney Plus screen. <laughs> Funny enough, you anticipated my next question, which was going to be about whether how coronavirus has affected your working pattern. And you've already answered that to some degree. I also theorise, because everybody's working from home now, 
you can't blur those boundaries more than they've already been blurred. Do you know what I mean? I think, yeah. I don't think I will go back to working in an office nine to six, five days a week. I don't, yeah. I've loved being at home when my kids get home at, well now at three, whereas before they were home all the time. Yeah. But, but also I think you have to, even if it's only a mindset shift, just not, just because now works in the home firmly it's at my kitchen table it's it's everywhere amongst so i think some of that psychologically you have to say no don't you you have to just check twitter and not check not check your work emails i don't know yeah yeah i agree and i think you know i've I've been thinking a lot about the commute and the kind of philosophy the philosophy of the commute and i think that whilst nobody can say that they loved their commute there was something very handy about that um the transitional period between home and and work, and and I I do miss it. I miss. Um, I made a decision really early on in my career that that, that my commute was going to be my reading time. I'm, I think you know I'm a big big reader, um, and. And, and I really miss that. And I did suggest to my husband and my kids that maybe I could just have 45 minutes to just sit on my own in, in a room and read my book during How's the How's that gone? Yeah, that didn't go down well. Uh, <laughs> that has not happened at all. Um, so, so yeah, I think that, I, I think I, I'm with you, you know, I, I don't see um, the world going back to, to nine to five. I know that we are much more productive, even with kids running around, we're much more productive um, in a certain way from home. Um, I miss I miss the office. I miss the culture. I miss things like that. But I think that there is a there, there is a middle way. And, and I'm mm. at Pinterest. We're actually exploring this a lot. We're we're talking to um, people across the entire company to to say, you know, we have an opportunity maybe to to reframe what we do. And and I think it's a huge opportunity. Um, and I, I really don't want to um, to uh to let this go i think it would be a real shame if we all just said oh it's so much easier to just go back to what we used to do i, I think it's a, it's a great time for us to have a big conversation about it so the second section of the rocket fuel interview is to talk to you about your work about your role and to learn more about pinterest first question and it may sound a bit harsh is Pinterest looking to be the longest overnight success story in history? Seems to have been around forever. I love this question. I do. Um, I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> in, in terms of, <laughs> it's such a great question. I think that Pinterest is building a different type of tech company. And I think that um, that is really really important for people like if, if ever i'm talking about pinterest that is where i start because we genuinely purport to be a different design product and values driven um company and i think that you know our philosophy of being people first again of being values driven it, it is different and so i think that um as a company that wants to create a, a place where that enables hundreds of millions of people around the world to create the life they love it, it we're different we're different from everything out there so i kind of see where your question comes from um you know if you are a pinner um you you get it you know you get the the additive nature of pinterest in your life and and, and all joking aside you know my my um the platform my love of the platform came before way before my 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 role here so i think that i think pinterest is so genuinely different 
that's that's so so if twitter's for your shoutiest internet life if instagram's for your best internet life if tiktok's for your silliest internet life if facebook's for your oldest and your family internet life what's pinterest for pinterest is is for the future so pinterest one of my my favorite favorite things to say about pinterest which sums it up so much and um, is that pinterest is the place that you come to to plan for what could happen as opposed to scrolling through pictures of what did i think that it is it is such a powerful space for planning for inspiration for ideas so you know for brands that means that you you get to be in front of consumers when they are looking for you. I, I I can't think of another platform that that has that advantage, that has that mindset of a consumer. You know, branded content on Pinterest is completely additive to the experience. I think it, it is a place of positivity. Um, it is a place of of as I said, the future of imagination. Um, and also, it's a place for you. It's it, it's personal media rather than social media. So. It, you know, Pinterest knows me, not in a, in a creepy, creepy way, but Pinterest knows my interests. It knows the kind of things I like. If I, if I go on there and search um, for, for a search term, I know that I'm getting a search term that is, is going to be particular and, and additive to what I'm looking for. So, so, yeah, I mean, I think all platforms play a role in people's lives, but I think that Pinterest is definitely about the future. And, you know, James, we're seeing this a lot at the moment. So, as you can imagine, um, the spike in user engagement for um, us when we went into when we went into lockdown, um, a lot of those spikes were exactly what you'd imagine. So you know, increases in home office interior decoration, <laughs> increases in what the hell do I do with my children for the next however many months, and lunches at home. All of those kind of searches really went up. But actually, very very quickly, we started to see a real spike in people searching for the future. So. Way back in March, people were looking at summer fashion. Way back in April, um, the first Christmas stuff started happening on Pinterest, um, which I love because I genuinely have Christmas every day. So I think that I think we we're a company that's very very led by the behaviour of our pinners and that really wants to understand the behaviour of our pinners. And they're showing us a sense of optimism. They're showing us. Um, that Pinterest is the, the the place to plan the life that you want to create, um, and so it's 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 quite a it's quite an optimistic place, I'd say. And this has an implication for the brands that are looking to work with Pinterest, I'd imagine. A, you've mentioned the fact that it knows you. B, it's a a positive place, and C, it's looking forward. I mean, how are brands getting the best out of Pinterest? What what works well, and and what do you see? Yeah, I mean, one of the really cool things about Pinterest is that um, the the um, the interests of our users and the interests of businesses are completely aligned. You know, people come to Pinterest to discover things and brands want to be discovered by people. So I think that um, because pinners come to Pinterest with, a, with, with commercial intent, you know, this is not I'm going to scroll through lots of pictures of stuff. This is I want this thing in my life. I just don't know exactly where I might get that thing or what exactly does that thing look like? What what business does that thing come from? Um, so I think that one of the stats that I that I always talk about is 97% of searches on Pinterest at the moment are unbranded. I cannot think of an opportunity like that for brands that exists mm. anywhere else. I really can't. And if you think of 
especially if you look at our younger audiences. So, so Gen Z now, our Zoomers, they are they are at the stage in their lives where they're setting all of their preferences for brands. They're they're growing up. They're moving into their first flats. They're going off to college. They're buying potentially their first cars and all of these incredible life stage moments are happening and so the opportunity for brands to to get the this audience now is just absolutely huge i think that the the ads on pinterest are are additive to the experience as well like i i want brands to show up and 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 suggest their role in the life that i'm trying to create for myself so I think that the, the, the brands that do it well really, really, really understand that this is a huge opportunity that, that genuinely I don't believe you get on any other platform. And is it going to be a, a very kind of see it, snap it, buy it, directy, responsey type thing? Is it going to be brand escapist places or is it going to be a combination of both? How, what's going to be the journey and, and how do brands get the most from it? Yeah, I mean, people have always used Pinterest for shopping inspiration. That's always been um, a major part of the platform. I think that people come to Pinterest with a really open mind. They want to find new trends. They want to find um, new ideas from brands. I think what we've been really focusing on um, in, in recent months and years has been to, um, to, to really build out some of those shopping products and to really, really give um, a really enhanced shopping experience on Pinterest. So, um, you know, if you think shopping offline, especially thinking in the current situation that we have where shops have opened, but in a very transactional rather than experiential sense, I think that Pinterest is really close to a kind of offline shopping experience. Um, it feels like it's a, it's a very visual experience. Mm. It's a, a, a kind of browsing experience. There's an element of rabbit hole where you go in to find a top and you end up buying a sofa, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I think that what we've been really focusing on is just is having a really robust set of um, products. So we have our verified merchants program. We've um, launched conversion insights, catalog updates where you can have feed ingestion to product pin creation. There's lots and lots of um, dynamic retargeting opportunities. So I think that um, whilst Pinterest has always been a place for shopping, um, we're really doubling down on making sure that our product suite um, is, is really advanced and really helps connect the inspiration to the buy. And so I suppose you would argue that because it's an escapist and optimistic place, it, the, the Pinterest experience could matter more to the consumers than, than in other places. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a slightly different mindset. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And there, there's some really interesting things that you see in how in what consumers are searching on that, that would validate that that comment, James. Um, I think one of the the um the spikes that we've seen um during COVID have been searches for financial services companies, for example. Okay. So um you wouldn't you, you know, as an outsider, you wouldn't necessarily think that you would go to Pinterest for for that particular search. But again, Pinterest is a positive place. You know that there is a certain authenticity to the, the brands that are on there. There is an authenticity to the search results that you're getting. Um, and so I, I think people who at the moment are struggling with financial service, you know, with, with um, worries around money, et cetera, um, are going to the place where they know that they're going to get reliable um, and, and potentially positive help. So it's, it's again, it's not just about, um, about uh, 
uh, trying to interrupt the feed of another platform with an ad. It's actually sure. genuinely additive ads that can that can that are, are genuinely going to help you in your life. And I think that um, I think that that's a huge difference. I want to ask you some questions about other parts of your career as well, and kind of the wider wider business sense that you have let me start with a frivolous one you've recently left snap to go to pinterest you've also got two children which one is your favorite child and which one is your favorite out of pinterest and snap now let me be uh, let me articulate it slightly differently <laughs> um pinterest and snap offer users very different things for, for how old is the average pinterest user i mean are there any parallels between the two um, yes, I'm, I, I'll tell you offline which my favourite child is. Uh, I'm not no. going to commit that to uh, a podcast, James, but um, uh, look, that is a joke. Um, <laughs> look, I think I think I was hugely excited about the opportunity at Pinterest um, for for a number of reasons that I think were very similar to the reasons why I was originally excited about Snapchat. So I think that um, that's where the parallels lie. Um, it, it's the product itself. So the Pinterest product, as I said, is completely built into my life. It's completely additive to, to how I run my life. I run my household. I teach my children, all of those things. I think the culture of both businesses um, are is really, really important to me. And the, the Pinterest culture was such a um, was so attractive and is remains to be something that I value um, really, really a lot. Um, I think, again, there is uh, an element of not social media um, that maybe run through both of those companies. So um, whilst, um, not not to, to denigrate social media, but um, that th there isn't as much of the kind of the, the toxicity and some of the, the inherent problems with a social media model. Um, and I think that that's what I really love. And I think there's also an element of challenger brand. You know, I, I love a challenge. Um, I love the challenge and the opportunity of taking something amazing and just telling people about it. I think that I've got one of the, the easiest marketing jobs because everything is there in this amazing product. And really, it's just about amplifying how we reach the market and go out across Europe with, with our offer. Again, you've anticipated one of my questions. I was going to say that, from the outside, it's like social media has a problem, but Pinterest doesn't reputationally. And you'd think that that's because it's offering something slightly different to other social media platforms out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I have spent really the last sort of five years now saying we, regardless of companies saying we are not social media, I think that's definitely what um, what Snap and, and, um, and Pinterest have in common. Um, None of the, the the things that you would associate social media um, with are, are present on our platform. And I think that and we are genuinely, as I opened up this conversation with, we are genuinely trying to build something new. Pinterest is about the future. It's about inspiration. It's about linking inspiration to action. Um, it, it, it really has so little in common with, with social media. And I think that... Um, the really successful black brands on our platform, they really understand that. And, and that to me is a is a, a huge opportunity. Who doesn't want to be um, around at the birth of something new? And I genuinely believe that, that that's what we are. Has the meteoric rise of TikTok surprised you? Has it surprised Pinterest? Did you always see it coming? Um, it certainly hasn't surprised me at all. No, I mean, I think that, um, I, I think that TikTok, 
TikTok has a, a, a role to play. Um, I think TikTok has, has invested heavily in, in, in growth mm. um, in, in acquiring users, I think. Um, I'm really focused on Pinterest, though. I think that, that um, you know, TikTok, again, it's a, it's a social media platform. It, it, it's different. We, what I say to my team, what I say to when I'm talking to brands, what I say when I'm, when I'm talking um, externally is that we want to focus on, on, on the goal, and that's to enable our users to create the life they love. And I think that other platforms definitely fulfill a role. Um, TikTok success doesn't surprise me. Um, but I'm, I'm way more focused on, on what we're doing. Let me ask you a question relating to another part of your experience, your ex-mindshare. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to crack it in probably the two or three minutes I'm going to allow for the question. But what, what is the future for media agencies and the wider agency model? I mean, are they as, is the model as, as badly wrong as it might once have been? Do you think media agencies are going on the right path? What's going on in your view? Now you're out of that place. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if I said something now, James, that completely reframed how media agencies work? And everybody's like, oh my God, Lou, Lou got it. Lou got Lou, it. Lou got it in <laughs> one. That's how we should do it. You know, I, I, I'm an agency girl. Um, I, I loved my time in agency. And I one of the major um, uh, audiences that I'm currently talking to in uh, media agencies mm. and creative agencies as well. And um, look... In my whole career, there have been headlines about is the media agency model broken? I mean, media agencies need to evolve. And and I would argue that they have always evolved. The very very existence of media agencies was an evolutionary move move, um, back in the olden days when they decided to take media out of creative agencies. I think that um, it has always been a sector that's needed to evolve. And um, we're really focusing at Pinterest in, in supporting agencies during this, this difficult time. And the way we're doing that is by generating, by pulling and providing as many kind of consumer insights as possible. All the insights that we have, which, as you can imagine, on Pinterest being a place where, where people plan for the future, um, we know we, we can see in real time how people's experiences of lockdown are changing. And so we're working on getting those insights to agencies so that they can help inform their clients in real time how to react to some of the things that are going on. Um, you know, I, I have many friends in agencies. I, I sympathize, it's, it's tough. Um, and I think as, as a, a leader of an agency, your concern um, will be with your team uh, almost as much as, as if, if not more than the kind of bottom line. So, you know, a- agencies are evolving creatures um, and I think that Pinterest is really focused on kind of supporting them through this and, and figuring out how what the world like, looks like on the other side. So you're focusing on Pinterest, you're helping agencies. What are the campaigns that Pinterest are really proud of? And also, I'm keen to ask, Lou, what mistakes do you think Pinterest have made and, and how have they adapted? Yeah, I mean, I think brands on Pinterest that 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 are are really smashing it. I think um, are many, and I think that again, it's because going back to what I said earlier, you know, brands, um, the interest of brands and the interest of consumers on Pinterest are completely the same. You know, P- 
pinners are looking for brands and brands want to be found i think um there are the, the brands that understand the, the the really powerful impact of reaching consumers when they are in that discovery mindset they're the brands that are really flourish on our platform and i think that that can be any brand regardless of where the brand is playing in, a, in the in the consumer journey or the funnel um, i think every brand um who understands the intent and the mindset of our consumer is going to flourish on Pinterest. I think there's also a real creative in, um, opportunity on Pinterest that often um, uh, doesn't get highlighted. And I'd love to talk about that a, a little bit now in that um, Pinterest is a genuinely different um, type of platform and gives you a lot of creative um, uh, opportunity that again, you don't necessarily get um, anywhere else. And I think that leads me on to the second part of your question, which is, probably around comprehension. I think if, if anything, I would say that we haven't necessarily um, uh, focused on over the last few years is that it, it is like getting, helping people and brands to understand the product. I think in a world that is so dominated by social media, where whole departments of companies or whole departments of agencies or whole agencies themselves are built around one particular model of online behavior that is social media. I think that it is our it is our duty to educate people on the alternative. And so I think that if anything, um, perhaps we haven't, we haven't um, put as much into that. And, th and that's my role exists to, 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 make that, to make that change. And then finally then, um, just in this section, bring to life, if you will, the, the almost, you said that you've employed a lot of new people, you've got a, a new team at Pinterest, is this a relaunch? Is this a rebirth? Is it not quite that dramatic? Tell us what's happening. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think it's that dramatic. But I. I. I do. Um, I, I'm really excited about the opportunity that I've been given and that my team. My team is leaving. I think again back to that that point that I made. If I've got the easiest job in in marketing at the moment, we have a product that is built on 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 strong values that is um that that has the benefits of the product are by design in our platform um, and all i have to do is is be louder and cleverer about telling people about it so you know it's it, it feels like um i'm not as much of a marketer as a fan of of, of the company and then I'm, I'm i'm trying to bring everybody else into the fan club and it, it really really does feel like that i think that it's it's not we we have always been focused on the future we have always been a people first organization none of the things that i'm talking to you about today are new they have been built into our organization from the beginning by our founders ben and evan um, and so it's it's definitely not a relaunch it's a it's a ramping up i would say it's a, it's it's turning up the volume all the way to 11 on on what pinterest can offer in a world where people are looking for alternatives so I'm still here with Lou Richardson, Director of Marketing in Europe for Pinterest. And the final section of our Rocket Fuel interviews is about getting tangible, actionable insights, some takeaways for our audience of marketing, media and tech types, how to better engage younger audiences. So Lou, no pressure, but what do you know about young audiences? And um, I think the the... The exciting thing that we are doing on Pinterest when it comes to Gen Z in particular is we are watching a whole generation of wonderful children grow up. 
I think that's something that I'm really, really excited about. So, you know, Gen Z or Zoomers, which I think is now what, what we're calling them, uh, it, it's a generation that it's a, a, a real turning point. So they're transitioning to new jobs, they're going into, to, they're living new lives, they're um, moving to new cities, they're gaining independence, although obviously lockdown has, has curtailed this slightly. Um, I think that what we're seeing um, as a platform where people come for inspiration and where Zoomers are coming to us to help build the new lives that they're leading, what we're what we're seeing is that the they're coming for advice um, on how to transition to adulthood. They're coming for inspiration on um, well-being. I think this is something that that they're very very mindful of as a generation. They're coming to Pinterest for inspiration on how to expand their horizons, on how to look beyond um, their own their own childhoods and look out into the world. And I find it, and um, we find that that. Um, Gen Z is, is an incredibly optimistic um, generation um, that, that really feels very aligned with the, the kind of core values of Pinterest. You know, these are people who are looking for inspiration, but they want to take that inspiration and action it and build a life that they will be proud of, build a life that they love. Um, so I think that um, one of the fantastic things for us is that um, gen the, the values of Gen Z and the values of Pinterest are, are very, very, very close together. Okay, get that. Um, you, you've kind of articulated this point already, which is around we're in an age of brand purpose. I think what do you think is important to young audiences? I mean, the word authenticity comes up quite a lot. What does that mean to Pinterest? Um, I mean, social good is, uh, and social as in society, um, is, is, is probably one of the most overwhelming trends. And I think we, we can all see this just in our da daily lives. But just to give you some specific data on this audience. Um, so in, in terms of increases of um, year on year searches, you know, we've seen a 465% um, increase in searches on Pinterest for Earth Day. Um, we've got a 52% increase year on year in searches for positive, strong female quotes, um, a 42% increase in Save Our Earth um, uh, amongst Gen Z. And I think that, you know, we, we all watch the news and we know um, we know what's out there. But 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 this is for me the the, the key thing that this generation is 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 going to rebuild the world. And I think that they're, they're coming to Pinterest to, to try and figure out how they do that. What's going to change next in the way that this generation behave? I mean, they're, they're, they actually are now at the stage where they're able to take action on some of their kind of teenage, um, teenage uh, enthusiasms. So I think if you think that, uh, that these are people who are um, transitioning from being children into being adults, um, they are, um, they are, looking specifically to put the building blocks of an adult life into place. So I think that that's what we're seeing on Pinterest. So if you look at some of the other, um, you know, Gen Z are, are now starting to search for, there's been an 85% increase, for example, in aesthetic room, bedroom inspiration. You know, these are people that are, that are going to have their first flat, that are going to have all of these um, signifiers of adult life. 
Um, and we think we, we think, you know, this is going to be the most um, the most mobile first of all generation um, the most diverse and the most educated um, and the most kind of urban and affluent generation that, that, that the world has ever seen. So um, now is the time, I think, um, for Gen Z um, to, to make that transition into into the, the to being grown ups, James. Um, I won't ask you to name names unless you particularly want to, but which brands get it right when talking to youth audiences and which brands get it wrong and why? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to name names, but um, I think it, I think it's more, um, uh, again, the, the, the word authenticity has come up a lot in this conversation, but I think it's when brands... Um, um, can be authentic to the audience that they're talking to. So I think Gen Z, um, more than any other, um, uh, more than millennials even, um, are, are very keen to interrogate the purpose of a brand. And I think that um, whereas maybe our generation weren't necessarily looking at the core values of a brand when we were approaching whether we were going to buy something. I think that um, Gen Z de definitely do. And I think that's one of the brilliant things about um, brands that do things well on Pinterest do it because they are there at the right time with the right kind of content um, that is authentic to what the Gen Z um, user is searching for so um, not naming names but I think that we all can think of, of misfires um, of greenwashing or, or whatever other um, examples you might have in recent advertising history I think that Pinterest is a place where that doesn't happen because it is an authentic platform and people are um, uh, in particular this generation are searching for um, a really authentic brand purpose. So finally then, whether it's something that I've missed because my questions haven't been that good or whether it's what one key takeaway from our conversation so far, what would that one key takeaway be? I think for me, it's that thing that I've mentioned um, throughout this is that Pinterest is really the only place that I can think of where the interest of business and the interest of users are, generally, uh, are genuinely aligned. So pin, people come to Pinterest to seek inspiration to build the life they love and brands can be there at that point of inspiration in a really authentic way. And I can't think of an opportunity um, at, at any other platform that, that is as, as compelling as that. Lou, thank you so much for being this week's guest on Rocket Fuel. Um, that was really good to chat. If people want to find out more about you or if people want to find out more about Pinterest, where should they go? How should they get, how should they find out more? Just look at Pinterest business online and you'll be taken to our, our, our new site. There's lots of information on there um, from some of the thought leadership pieces that we've been producing throughout COVID that um, explain to brands how they might navigate these situations based off Pinner Insights um, through to case studies. All the information that you need will be, will be on there. Nice one. Lou, thank you so much for being this week's guest. Thank you, James. It was brilliant. So that was Louise Richardson, Director of Marketing for Europe at Pinterest. Really good chat. And wasn't she good the way that she referenced with those stats at the end in her rocket fuel in terms of what matters to youth audiences? 
If you think that somebody could benefit from this podcast, do me a favor, will you? Will you share it? Share it across your social media. Share it with a friend by emailing it to them or sending it to them on WhatsApp. Also, give us a five-star review because that does help. We were in the top 10 business podcasts again last week. And also, make sure you tune in to next week's Rocket Fuel. This is a Rocket Audio production.